you have the chance to win a Spring Super Sweeps from LAist. Donate $60 for one entry to win a brand new Lexus or $25,000 in cash. Check out all the other prizes too when you donate now at LAist.com sweeps. Start your Saturday with something that will grow your kiddos' brains and get their creative juices flowing. Join us at LAS in Pasadena for a morning of multilingual readings, interactive performances, and lots of kid fun. It's Super Fun Saturday on June 1st. Get your tickets at LAS.com slash events. Studios. Like listening to you talk about your upbringing, like sneaking out to parties. Did you sneak out? Did I sneak out? I did. Or I would tell that I'm going to. Do your parents know? I'm sure they did. Do you remember the first high school party you went to? The music, the dance floor, how it felt to be out with your friends. Maybe you finally felt free. I'm Brian De Los Santos. This is How to LA. Today, we're talking with a journalist and podcast host and friend, Janice Yamoka. She just launched a new series exploring the world of backyard parties in LA back in the 2000s. Some knew these events as flyer parties, where usually teens partied at an undisclosed location. For some of us who grew up here, flyer parties were the thing to do on the weekend. It was a scene where you see high school friends, hear the latest reggaeton or hip-hop hit, and, obviously, party the night away. While teens were having fun, adults definitely saw the worst in the scene. Negative stereotypes were all over the media, and the narrative was that kids were totally out of control. One of the teens who got caught up in that story was Emery Munoz after she was murdered in 2006. Podcast host Janice Yamoka is here to tell us about this Y2K journey back in time to her own party crew days and what this scene meant for teens like her and Emery. You're from LA, you're telling a story about Los Angeles. So tell me, like, how'd you get started with your journalism career? I think I've always been someone who likes to communicate. And I think I just didn't know how or in what way. You know, I think at one point I wanted to be a VJ. Like MTV VJ was my thing, right? I was I listened to Power 106, so I thought I was going to be like Liz Hernandez. I'm going to give like the entertainment news updates. Now you're here. <laughs> I am. And you're the host of a new podcast. Uh-huh. Um, and before we get really into it, let's talk about this one thing that I also had experience with, which is the theme of your story here, which is party cruise. Um, I feel like anyone who grew up in L.A. in the 2000s, you knew what party crews were. Yeah. Especially um, if you were Latino. Like, you know? Period. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. Tell me about what was a party crew for you back then. And when did you start? Give me some details yeah. about that. The same way I thought about it then is the way I think about it now. Just a group of friends, you know, that get together and it's a little more organized. I kind of describe it like as a high school club because we're all in high school mostly. We were dedicated to partying. That was like our thing. We would, you know, have a group of friends and then we'd give ourselves a name. And then from there we'd get a logo and then it kind of just kind of gets organized in that way. There's like a main head who is like the leader kind of. And then there's like... um 
other people supporting, like someone's running a website, like every, you know, kind of everyone's just kind of pitching in in their own way. And for me, when I started, when I kind of got into the world of party crews and flyer parties, um, I want to say going into junior year of high school. So I graduated 2005. You guys can do the math. It just felt like so creative to me. Me and my friend Sammy and a couple of other friends joined the Lustful Ladies. So you enter the Lustful Ladies. Yeah. And yeah. so let's talk a little bit about like the culture of party crews for people who don't know. But yeah. what other things, aspects of the party crew life were, was out there? The way I describe it to people sometimes to kind of help them kind of just envision the world of party crews that there was like kind of the San Gabriel scene, right? The San Gabriel Valley scene. And that was like Waldwin Park, La Puente, like Hacienda Heights, like it kind of Al Monte, like all of that area. And then there was like East LA and that was its own scene. You know, a big part of it was creating the flyer, which promotes the parties. Um, that's why they're called flyer parties. Um, I remember downloading Photoshop, like learning how to crack it, like getting a key and stuff and really kind of teaching myself Photoshop. And that's because I remember like dating some guy and I saw him do it and I was like, I want to learn how to make a flyer. When you're a teen, you don't have resources to just buy Photoshop. It's probably expensive. You know, it's still expensive. So yeah, we were teaching ourselves and we were creating flyers. I want to go back to something you said in episode one. You wanted to kind of discover why this space, space that was for you as a team actually wasn't safe. And so tell me first about you kind of like learning how dangerous it was for maybe you as a teen to be involved with this, but you were also finding your community at the same time. I guess I've like always kind of known that the world is dangerous and I, I don't know if it's because it's being like brown in LA and like, you know, you just kind of know the world is a little dangerous. I had, you know, in high school, like friends who were in gangs and like I knew they existed. I knew it was dangerous, but like also I kind of, I think for me, I'm just like, oh, well, they might be associated with something, but they're like nice people and we're in class together. So it's like not that big of a deal. So in Party Cruise, yeah, I was trying to find community. I was trying to make friends. And then, you know, when I'm at a party and you hear gunshots, I think then you realize, oh, it's like so close now. I was talking to my friend Sammy and we were talking about like, did that ever stop us? No, we just kept partying. We literally just would get up and just keep dancing. You know, like it, it was kind of weird. But I think when you're young, you just kind of feel invincible. I'm not saying it's it's the greatest way to be, but sometimes you just become desensitized to the violence and then the freedom. You know, I, I think like that's something I, I reflect on in episode eight, that the freedom becomes worth it. You know, it's like it's dangerous, but that's all I got. And I'm going to I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing. As you shared that, you know, Party Cruise, the podcast was coming out, um, you know, you wrote on Twitter about this case of em Emery Munoz. And um, I was impacted just by reading your thread um, because for me, it was like, this is someone that looked like my friends in high school, someone that I m may have bumped into. Tell us more about Emery and the case and how this kind of like became the centerpiece of your podcast. You mentioned you graduated high school in 0809. So you, I think you would have been around Emery's age. She would have been 32 this year. Emery Munoz is a 14-year-old girl who was killed and her body was found in a warehouse in Boyle Heights. They found her body in January 2006. That had a lot of news coverage. It had news coverage in LA. Mainly Fox actually was the only one that covered it in the beginning. Um, but 
you know, in a, in a way that was like uh, Emery's body, like connected to the world of underground party crews. Like that's kind of how that connection happened. I ended up watching a bunch of old news coverage of the scene. And it was jarring to relive those memories. It was a time and place I recognized, but it felt like it only caught one side of the story, an outsider's perspective. On January 25th, 2006, Emery Munoz's lifeless body was found nearby this warehouse on Marisol and Olympic in Boyle Heights, a popular area for underground parties. And that's when I came across a story about a teen girl. Her name was Emery Munoz. She was killed in 2006, and her case was never solved. Investigators say an illegal rave party was going on at the warehouse on Marisol Street the night she was killed. The teenager was killed after attending one of those parties. She was in an all-girl party crew, like I was, around the same time that I was going out. Her killing, they think she was strangled, now tied to the world of illegal underground parties. I had never really set out to do anything on party cruise. I think that was like a part of my life that I didn't want to share. And I was like kind of ashamed of it and felt guilty because I had a friend who died and who was killed. And um, I just didn't know how to deal with it. And, you know, I've done, I've done a lot of therapy now. I'm like 35. So I think I'm in a different space than I was maybe in my late 20s where I kind of wasn't getting all that help. And, you know, that those using the resources that I have now. And in 2020, I started like doing some research and, you know, I would type in party cruise 2000s, <laughs> very simple, simple Google search. Um, and then these stories about Emery Amuño started coming up. And then I noticed that her name was really associated with party cruise and the 2000s. And I, you know, I started, that's where I learned of her story to begin with. So, you know, you share a lot of your personal story, whether it is you're growing up evangelical, sneaking out, your friends come on the show. It's partly a memoir, this podcast. Why do you think it was important to share a little bit about yourself? I consider myself a pretty private person. I um, have done a few stories on my life. I did a story on about the World Cup with my father, which was deeply personal for me. I cried multiple times in the edit room and that was just one episode, right? Um, this is a whole series. I was, I like part of me is still like mortified and I was terribly frightened to even put myself out in that way. I um, actually interviewed my mom for this and I had that conversation with her on tape and I was more, like I was scared to do it. I wanted to share with my mom how it was for me as a teen. So I start by asking her, do you remember how I was dressed back then? ¿Te recuerdas cómo yo me vestía como un teen? Ah, uh, me acuerdo que te enseñabas la barriga y dice, "Uy, tápate la barriga. <laughs> te vas a enfermar. Te va a pasar frío." <laughs> sí, creo que era como el, el era de los uh -huh, low rider jeans, uh -huh. todos eran los jeans bien bajos, ¿no? Uh -huh. Y ya, yeah, como politos más sí. cortos. Después cuando te venían la, las faldas cortas, yo te decía, te olvidé ponerte los pantalones. <laughs> of course, she remembers. It was the era of lowrider jeans and crop tops. I was 16, and she tells me she remembers teasing me about it, telling me I'm going to get sick, 
because my stomach was exposed or pointing out that I forgot my pants when I wore short skirts. But there's also so much of that time that she didn't see. Yo, um, tomé mi primer, I don't want to say trago porque era un Smirnoff, que es como dulce. Pero tenía como 14 años, lo probé por primera vez. I told her, I had my first drink at 14. It was what all the rebels drank, a bottle of Smirnoff ice. But I knew that it had to be memoir because I am going to talk about Emery in her life, you know, as a party crew member and like, and her life. And I was like, it's only fair to share my life and my life, like as a, as a teen outside of party crews and within party crews. So I think for me, um, and also I think, I think it helps to earn the trust of the people I interview um, to share that part of me in the story. But I just felt like it served the story best if if I'm going to be, like, looking at this world, like, you have to understand that I am coming from it. I'm coming to it from, like, a certain perspective. I want to circle back on Emery and the case yeah, and kind of where it stands today. I know you repeat that it's unsolved. And has the authority said anything why this is a cold case? What they say is that they believe that the only way that maybe there's going to be some movement on the case if is if somebody comes forward. You know, somebody, they believe somebody knows something and, you know, they believe that it's someone who, like, maybe is part of the community that might know something. something. What would you like for a listener to walk away with of whether it is, like, hearing Emery's story, it is, like, debunking the myths of party crews. What is something that you would really want a listener to take away from this? For sure, I want them to learn about Emery. And I think maybe you can relate to a case when you kind of relate to the human. Like you said, Emery looks like your friend, you know, like her family's like our family, you know. And I think for me, you might have an idea what a party crew is, but let me just really break it down for you and remind you that we were children (laughs) and, you know, kind of just offer a different perspective on what that is. I can say I feel very... I guess healed from it because I was not wanting to look back and I feel like now I'm just like you know what I'm very proud of us and I am I'm proud of all the party crew kids like I've seen so many of them do cool shit so thank you so much for coming in today and hanging out with me of course talking about partying and party crews (laughs) and how you snuck out are your parents gonna hear this yeah you're right yeah that's fine (laughs) they're fine they know I'm a rebel Janice Yamoka's show, Party Crews, The Untold Story, is a collaboration between Vice, Elias Studios, and iHeartMedia's My Cultura Podcast Network. It's out now. How to LA will be back tomorrow with another installment of Cheap Fast Eats with the homie Gab Chevron. This time, we're going out after dark to K-Town. Check that out everywhere you get your podcasts. And subscribe to our newsletter. That's at elias.com slash howtola. Okay, we're out. See you back here on Thursday. Support for this podcast is made possible by Gordon and Donna Crawford, who believe that quality journalism makes LA a better place to live. 
This program is made possible in part by the Corporation for Public Broadcasting, a private corporation funded by the American people. The LAS Spring Super Sweeps is happening now. You can win amazing prizes while supporting your source for local fact-based journalism. One lucky grand prize winner will get to choose a brand new Lexus or $25,000 in cash. Other prizes include an electric bike from Juice Bikes and $1,000 gas gift cards. Your donation of $60 gets you one entry to win. And the more you give, the more entries you get. Donate now at LAS.com sweeps.